Welcome in. This is uh, the Fundamental Analysis Show on Chit Chat Money. My name is Brett Schaefer, and I'm here, as always, with Ryan Henderson, and we're talking a maybe the hottest stock on the market right now. Uh, we're, we followed the company for a few years here. It was actually one of our first Fundamental Analysis Shows that we did back in the day um, before we actually had all the formats going down. That was over a year ago, I think, but it is Shopify. Uh, the e-commerce platform for small business and large business merchants that want to sell things online. So Ryan, do you want to get into what they do and then go over a little of the history of the Canadian uh, company? Yeah, so you sort of touched on it there. Um, most people pretty much know what Shopify is, but I'll go ahead and go over it anyway. So they're a cloud-based e-commerce platform um, and they are an actual platform. Sometimes that's thrown around. They are a platform uh, and it's built for scalability in their words. So if you want to sell clothes, tools, makeup, whatever you want, you name it, you can quickly and easily make a Shopify page or basically your own website and sell those goods. Um, so it's really kind of a simple to use e-commerce platform, just like they say. Um, but Shopify makes money in two ways. So they have their merchant solutions and subscriptions. So subscriptions is pretty simple to understand. Based on the size of your business or the, or the accessibility of features that you want, you would pick from three different monthly pricing plans. So there's basic Shopify. I think that's like $29.99 a month. Uh, Shopify and advanced Shopify. And then there's even one for enterprise customers, which is called Shopify Plus, I want to say. And so while most merchants subscribe to the basic uh, Basic Shopify and Shopify plans, a majority of Shopify's gross merchandise volume comes from those with the advanced Shopify and Shopify Plus plan. So it's their larger uh, merchants make up most of their gross merchandise volume, even though there are more people with these smaller uh, pricing plans there. Um, and the subscription re retention rate is also higher in merchants from those tiers. So, I mean, if you think about it, that's pretty logical that the people that make the most money are going to keep it um, as people that go out of business. But yeah, that's kind of the subscription part of their top line there. And then merchant solutions revenue comes in a variety of ways. So they make money on payments processing fees from Shopify payments. Uh, they make money on tra transaction fees, Shopify shipping, Shopify capital, referral fees from partners. I'm not totally sure what that one was. And then sales from their point of sales hardware solution. They started introducing that for uh, some of their merchants that have in-store shops as well. Uh, actually, these are all the merchant's costs other than their subscription. Um, so basically anything that isn't subscription related where Spotify, Shopify makes money that goes into merchant solutions. The history, Shopify was founded in 2004 by Toby Litke. Daniel Wynand and Scott Lake. I think I'm getting all those right for once in my life. Um, and after trying to open an online store for snowboarding equipment, Toby Litke was upset that it was so hard to build an e-commerce store. So he decided to become the platform instead where you can build it. You know, he saw the opportunity there. Um, and Lucky was always a computer programmer uh, by trade, so that probably helped. The actual Shopify platform was launched in 2006 and they've done tons of stuff since so i'm not going to get into all of it but shopify went public in may 2015 yeah they're actually a lot older than a lot of people probably think uh they're kind of booked into the new age uh silicon valley companies even though they're not from silicon valley and they are actually older they're pre-great financial crisis only by a few years there but yeah they get wrapped in with like twilio companies like that who were founded a little earlier, but I'll get into the financials here. They have a market cap of $66.7 billion, a ticker of shop, 
which is S-H-O-P, and then a price of $590.39. And that is of, we're recording on Saturday, but the last trading day was April 17th, 2020. Their EV to sales, which is enterprise value divided by sales growth or sales is 40.8. And that is 40.8. So very, very high. They're one of the most richly valued companies on the market. Their margin adjusted price to sales is 164, which is one of the highest we've ever done. Again, margin adjusted price to sales. If you listen, you probably know what it is, but it's mar- it's a, sorry, sales growth or no, 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 wait. I was getting too confident there. It is price to sales divided by sales growth and gross margin, trying to get all of the growth metrics in there for a company like this that isn't profitable or not historically profitable. Uh, no dividend yield as you might expect and shares outstanding have actually gone up a significant amount every year, meaning if you own shares, they're getting diluted. Uh, Stock-based compensation is at 10% of revenue, which is super high for a company of this size and scale. Negative net margins, uh, as you you know, as you expect, I already said that, and they're basically break even on a free cash flow margin. They're probably getting a lot of that back uh, from that stock-based compensation because that is not a cash expense. Sales and marketing is about 30% of revenue, which is not that great. It seems like it's a little on the high side, but it's not terrible. And then lastly, very strong working capital number. Lot of lot lots of cash on the balance sheet, and the net debt is at negative two point five billion dollars. Yeah, I think for uh, Shopify, it'll be easy for that sales and marketing number to sort of decrease as a percentage of revenue. I'm sure it already is, but word of mouth will kind of be able to do the marketing for them as they continue to grow. Um, but I'll get into the earnings for 2019. They had 1.6 billion in revenue up 47% year over year. Their merchant solutions makes up 59% of the top line and their subscriptions makes up 41% of the top line. For reference, merchant solutions has gross margins of 37.5% and subscriptions has gross margins of 80%. Their overall gross margin when you combine those two is 55%. 2018, they had closer to 56%. And so for reference, merchant solutions and subscriptions, those are kind of the two top line pillars. Merchant solutions is growing faster. It is the lower margin offering that they have. And then subscriptions, the higher margin, it's uh, becoming less of less of the top line as time goes on. Um, And so that's why you're seeing the gross margins decline over time. Their gross merchandise volume was 61.1 billion in 2019, up 49% year over year. They had an operating loss of 141.1 million 141.1 141.1 million operating margin was basically flat year over year. So uh, relatively steady there with their losses and then net loss of 124.8 million. I think they had a tax benefit and they have 2.46 billion in cash, cash equivalents and marketable securities as of the year end. Okay, let's get the second half of the show going here. Uh, first up is digging trenches and that is the moat rating. What do you think on this one, Ryan? Yeah, so I think um, originally it was probably it's probably developed over time. So I'm going to go with it uh, too because it's a crowded space. But they have built um, so much functionality on top of their typical subscription that I think there is some uh, customer merchant dependency, and switching costs are really high if I'm not mistaken. So it, it kind of builds this moat, especially for their enterprise or the larger customers, because those are annual contracts and they're a little different than just monthly subscriptions. 
Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd, I'd probably put it at 2.5 headed towards a three if they keep up this momentum. Uh, I think it's lower for the enterprise players just because they probably have the ability to make a site on their own a lot more easier than someone that's just like a muffin shop. Uh, mm. That's just a small business. Uh, but let's get to the next section here. And that's further reading. What are you looking at if you were interested in buying shares? So um, I, I do want to look at that merchant dependency. So if merchants are com- like, especially the ones that are subscribing to the Ad- Shopify advanced or advanced Shopify or Shopify plus, if they are extremely dependent on that, that's going to build that stronger moat. And the part that really matters to them is their larger uh, enterprise customers or merchants and just the larger businesses in general. So if there's enough functionality where it makes it really hard for them to leave, if switching costs are incredibly high, even if, I mean, I don't know of any competitors that are as good as them uh, as wix kind of do, does does the same thing but not really uh, sure. yeah i mean square owns something i think square owns one of those platforms there's other competitors but shopify is the leader for sure um so basically how dependent is the merchant on them can they switch if they want to and how difficult is that process okay yeah that's a good one uh mine is what's the relationship with their own app store so they have a third-party ecosystem uh you know do they work with developers or is it just enabling them to make money when people subscribe so like they have the shopify app store with like over a thousand apps i think and then uh if you are a merchant you can subscribe to these apps uh i want to know if like shopify itself works with these developers that makes these apps or if they're just taking a little bit of a take rate uh, whenever someone you know, like kind of like the Apple store. Yeah, it, definitely digging into that third party API platform. I think they launched that really early on too. So it's probably been, uh, been there for a long time. Definitely look into that. Um, what do you have for future growth opportunities? Uh, I got Shopify payments. It is now in 15 countries and it enables merchants to manage financials within the Shopify dashboard instead of outsourcing it to someone like PayPal or Stripe. So trying to just go for, uh, what is that would be horizontally integrating across all of e-commerce merchants needs, uh, whatever you want to call it. I bet a lot of merchants like this. I think if I was running a store, I'd rather have it in-house within Shopify just because you don't have to go through different sites. There's probably not that it's probably not that great to connect with another website. Like if you're using PayPal or anything else, maybe even QuickBooks or something like that, or I guess QuickBooks doesn't process payments. Uh, but yeah, having it all in house seems better. And it seems like something that would keep the customers locked in. That's going to be a good way for them to uh, get more. What would it be a higher ARPU from their existing customers and also lock them in. Uh, so they stay around longer. Yeah, agreed. There. I mean, that was probably one of mine. There were a lot of future growth opportunities here. And if you look at any of their earnings releases, they highlight all of their investments and stuff like that. So it was pretty easy to uh, there were definitely a lot of options to choose from. Um, I picked the fulfillment network. So a vast fulfillment network network that operates really well, totally enhances the customer experience in terms of shipping speed, lower shipping costs. Um, and well, I guess it does the same for the merchants as well because it kind of speeds it up, but it really ends up helping the end customer. And in the fourth quarter, they acquired Six River Systems, which is a leading provider of collaborative warehouse solutions, and they made progress integrating it into the fulfillment network. Hopefully that acquisition will quickly enable these customer benefits that I just talked about. I think the fulfillment network that that uh, is gonna, that's going to help long-term, and it's really going to encourage more merchants to come uh, to Shopify, and in the end, it's helping customers. So uh, win-win-win in all scenarios. 
Yeah, the and I think they're investing a few billion dollars into this, which is quite a bit. Um, and it's going to take them a while to do it, but it should help if they can succeed. Trying to, you know, that's the big advantage that someone like Amazon has, and why you'd want to go with them for the free two day and possibly one day shipping. I guess not right now, but you know, normal circumstances, if Shopify can replicate that for someone else, maybe they'll think about going off of the Amazon platform. Uh, last up before our rating is highlights and lowlights. You want to go first? Yeah, so there's tons of highlights, and just you know, full disclosure, I I do like this business. I don't know anyone that like hates this business model because they've done an incredible job. Um, a word that is thrown around a lot is optionality, and they do have tons of it. So they've, um, I mean, you talked about it: Shopify payments, Shopify uh, the fulfillment network. They're doing something with Shopify Studios. Um, they they can really go anywhere. So. And well, Shopify Studios. Uh, I mean, what the hell is that? I, I mean, don't. I don't know how it'll work out, but I mean, they're kind of adopting that Amazon model of try random crap, and if it starts to work, uh, continue with it. So, and I'm not. I'm not opposed to that, especially if I'm a shareholder. Um, they've also created that certain dependence thanks to the functionality, and they have exceptional management. I really like Toby Lipke. Um, low lights is that they have slowly shifted to a lower margin business model. And it, it was the right thing to do because you can't be stuck and be one dimensional with the subscriptions because, I mean, how do you grow that? You increase prices, that's going to deter a lot of merchants. So you have to add on these merchant solutions as a part of that revenue. And they did, I think, seven years ago or something like that. Um, but in the process, they've lowered the margins because it is significantly lower margin. And it, the stock, okay, I'm going to get right in, this is kind of into my rating, but the stock multiple should come down as the margins come down. Even though it's the right thing to do for the business, the revenue and the top line will continue to grow. It, their capacity to make money on that is is decreasing. So the, the logically, the, the multiple should come down. Um, is it the right thing? The, to, we've seen the opposite happening. Wow. Right. Which is, and uh, is it the right thing to do for the business? Yes. Like I said, ma management doesn't have control over their stock. Um, and uh, honestly, the stock-based compensation is probably a good idea with the valuation that they have right now. Um, so they've done a tremendous job, but uh, I guess that kind of tailors into my rating, but I'll let you get to your highlights and lowlights first. Yeah, I'll keep it simple. Uh, it's a fantastic business, recurring revenue business model. Uh, you know, locks into customers with gigantic lifetime values. We're talking millions and millions of dollars of lifetime value for Shopify, at least for their larger customers. Uh, Lowlights for me, though, share dilution is quite high. Ten percent is way too high for someone that's this mature of a business. Uh, I think they should have better cash flow numbers right now. Do you it's, think it's not great, especially with that SBC number as that high? How Do you is think that the stock-based compensation or the share dilution is a good idea at these prices? Uh, I mean, shouldn't it, it's still so high as a percentage of revenue. I don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, but I mean, as management, wouldn't you want to utilize your share price and that multiple um, to be able to attract and pay employees? Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea to get employees, but that's kind of locking people in. Where are you going to have to dilute shares forever? Um, and I mean, maybe you could do an equity offering, but either way, if you're holding shares here and the only way that Shopify can get the engineers they need to separate themselves is to dilute shares by 10% every year, you have to take that into account when you're valuing the company. Okay, continue. Sorry. Uh, last one. I just saw the Shopify Studios thing. I think that's 
like not to get pessimistic, but that's just a giant waste of money. Um, I don't know what they're doing there. I think it's I think it's a total waste. Um, yeah, and I guess time will tell on that. Um, we can just get into the rating then. Uh, I'm gonna assume yours is a little low at prices right now. So what what do you have? Uh, yeah, it's gonna be low. I mean, it's it's been on my watch list for a long time. I did own shares. I think I sold a year ago when I was at like two something. Uh which is a, a lot lower than what it is right now. So I guess that is a mistake on my part, but I still think the valuation is just getting out of hand. Uh, we were talking about some numbers before here. Their sales multiple has never been this high, even with revenue decelerating, uh, revenue growth decelerating. Uh, their margins are decreasing. So I'd give it like a five flat. I mean, it's going to be on my watch list just because the business is so great, but the valuation there's rarely does a business ever deserve a valuation of a price to sales above 20. Uh, and this one's above 40. So I, I just don't enterprise. I don't, deserve, I don't think they deserve it. Um, yeah, agreed. And uh, the, the margin part for me, it looks like it would have, it did exactly the inverse of what I was expecting. So you talked about it. We took, we were both talking about it before the show and I don't know if you have the data points on there, but it was like the sales multiple has been like seven, eight, thirteen, twenty. Uh, yeah, I can, I can get, I can bring it up real quick. Uh, twenty fifteen, they had a price to sales of seven point seven five, and then the next year, uh, price to sales of nine point two four, then fifteen, then thirteen, then twenty eight. Um, it's you know, it's really high. Yeah, and so it's it's grown as margins have compressed, and so that doesn't necessarily make sense to me. Um, I do love the business, but the right now, if I was a shareholder, I would be hedging. hedging. Um, I would just sell um, or trim at least because, I mean, look, everyone to their own. Um, there's taxes and stuff like that, but do you believe that it truly can have outperforming, truly can outperform the market over the next five years? I think you're just fooling yourself. I, and well, so, and I guess the bull case is that it, it at the current business with its current business model, it it's it probably can't grow as much. But it, they're going to evolve and change over time. And I think the bull case is set in the management and the optionality. I know people throw that word around all the time, but you know, when you first bought Amazon, you didn't think AWS was going to be the largest component of it. That kind of thing. Um, true. True. Uh, yeah, the management should get a. I think the management should get a bump uh, for their track record. I don't think it should be this high though. Yeah, I'm gonna go five point five. I would hedge if I had shares, and at the right price, I would totally buy this. I love the business, but this is not the right price. Yeah, I think if shares got cut in half, I'd consider it. I think it would have to get go down by like sixty, seventy percent for me to consider it too. Uh, I I do like the business. I just think the valuation is just insane as i've said like five times but that's going to do it for this episode guys thank you for listening make sure to follow us as always on twitter at chit chat money and then do you want to again uh get the email out there ryan um, chit chat money podcast at gmail.com yeah so that one you can email us any questions or suggestions uh for shows to do remember we are not financial advisors anything we say on this show is not formal advice or recommendation thank you for listening we'll see you guys next time Thank you.